Welcome to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast, where your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak, help you go next level with your practice, leveraging the four pillars that make a practice bulletproof. Vision, building a dream team, marketing ninja, and financial freedom. Now, let's get into it. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Today, Craig and I are excited to have on David Esham from the other coast, the, the left coast, because we're on the right. Well, yeah. Okay. David, David's been a dentist since 1988, right? Uh, 85, graduated. 85, in, graduated, been in, in San practice, Diego, yeah. San Diego in since 88. And um, very successful practice would be an understatement. A very successful career would be an understatement. He's had a 100% fee-for-service practice since 1992. He's done over, he's doing $3.2 million in production and collections and has an Invisalign practice that is north of 400 cases a year. So looks like Invisalign, we have two Invisalign superstars on the, uh, on the call today, one being the, the illustrious host, Craig Spodak, and the other being our new guest, David. So, David, let's jump into I've got a list of some things we want to go through, and um, I really want to see – yeah, I want, I want to hear your story, unpack that, and just, uh, yeah, I want you to contribute to our listeners and kind of show your journey and, and where we can better ourselves and our careers. Welcome to the show. Great. No, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, representing the West Coast. And, again, to you and, and Craig, I uh, compliment you on your show and what you bring to dentistry and to dentists that want to do the work and, and take advantage of the information. And so I've done that with you guys for a while and been listening. So uh, I appreciate that. But you well, know, how many most times have we offended you, David, just curiosity, just any times we've offended you on the uh, podcast? No, you kind of uh, never offended me. Just uh, oh, really? tested okay. me. Uh, you know, there's a few, uh, quite a few F bombs that get thrown around, but <laughs> that's me, Craig. Me, that's Craig. <laughs> me being from the 1900s you know it's just a little different but it's that's what well, i hear well, from my my well, kids D- so D- you are you are very relevant right now you're coming from the west coast and you're dr dre you know your dre and, <laughs> on your, on the, for those that are watching right now uh dr esham is coming off as dre so peter bolden is listed and we got dr dre it's the east coast west coast thing I guess, yeah. I've heard that name, but I couldn't tell you one of his songs. Well, your initials. Obviously, you have an R yeah. for middle name, right? All right. Dr. Dot e. I, I told you before we recorded, I would have doubled down on that, and I think I would just become Dr. Dre. Since <laughs> <laughs> Good. Tell um, the real Dr. Dre to please sit down. Yeah, sit down, please. Um, so let's talk about some stuff. I mean, let, yeah, let's unpack your journey a little bit, David, about um, – yeah, kind of how you started out, why you decided to go fee-for-service, and then just how it's evolved and what you're seeing now and in the future. Yeah, I mean, much like you guys, you know, when I first got out of school, I took as much uh, CE as I could. And fortunately, the people I bumped into were uh, people like, um, for me, it was like Jim Pride, and then it was the AACD, and then um, the, uh, God, I'm breaking, losing, losing some names here, but they were all talking about doing quality high-end dentistry and, and how insurance companies were uh, holding, holding dentists down from being able to uh, practice that way. And so uh, along with studying that and, and implementing that, we you know, started in 88 and then did some consulting and then got rid of the blue crosses and the blue shields and then eventually Delta. And since 1992, I've been done with, done with Delta. Um, I feel really that the insurance companies are really cranking up the pressure on dentists now by uh, limiting what they pay for and how much they pay for. And uh, there's the parting of the sea in terms of, you know, there, there's going to be the higher end dentists and then there's going to be people that are, are, are doing it on price. So um, I'm on the higher end side and I'd like to promote to the younger people out there that, that that's still a possibility. Yeah, you hear that. I mean, I think the messaging now is fee-for-service can't work. Um, I've had several young dentists come with me and be like, well, your practice is kind of like a unicorn. And I say, not really. Like, if I can do it, what's to say that you can? And obviously, David, you have a fee-for-service practice in probably a very competitive area. It is. San Diego is very competitive. Like, who doesn't want to live there? Everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and the practice is growing. And um, 
bringing on an associate and trying to teach her how, how, to, how I practice so that she can carry on that same tradition because uh, we don't have to be herded like cows um, from the insurance companies and then they're just milking us for our knowledge and, and we're having to pay the dental school bills. Yeah. And they're, they're, if you haven't heard, they're hefty bills these days. Yeah, I definitely have heard. Hefty. So, yeah, so that's what I've done. And then, you know, the first part of my journey was in cosmetic dentistry and uh, developed a boutique all fee for service practice in cosmetic dentistry. Got my accreditation from AACD, was involved with AACD. And then uh, things were rolling along pretty well until 2008 and the recession hit. And I, I, finally saw a recession affect my practice. The previous recessions hadn't. And so um, things in terms of my production were going down. And so um, as usual, you know, being forced to do something and think outside the box, uh, that's when Invisalign came into my practice uh, in a kind of a untoward way. Uh, I was through an associate, I had an associate and she was doing Invisalign. And at the time I did feel like it worked. So, uh, I was going, how can you put plastic on the top of people's teeth? How are you going to fix occlusion? How are you going to finish the case? And so I never thought it worked. So at 2008, I had to lay off uh, some people and lay off the associate, and I inherited her case cases. And so I finished the cases, learned a little bit about Invisalign along the way, and found out that it worked, and then became in love with it because it's the most minimally invasive way to improve somebody's health and smile. And um, without grinding on any teeth. Mm -hmm. So um, it became a love and it became a necessity really to, in order to diversify my, my practice and, and rebuild it from, you know, the losses it had in 2009 and 2010. And so, um, so I've been learning to do that and uh, building that way. So what portion of your practice would you say Invisalign encompasses now? Uh, it's probably a third of my practice. A third. Okay. And it, you know, and it's pretty much all delegated. Yeah. He said it's pretty much all delegated. It's all delegated. Okay. But a um, third of your revenue or am I correct. still really loud guys? No, you're good. Okay. You're good. good. You're not loud at all. Actually. Okay, it's about cool. a third of my revenue. A third is Invisalign. A third is cosmetic dentistry and a third is uh, general dentistry. And what, what do you, do you mind uh, if I ask you, what do you, or do you have a tiered charge system or a payment system or a cost for Invisalign or is it everybody's the same exact fee? No, we have different levels of difficulty that we go through, Craig, and um, it goes anywhere when you fill, you know, with all-inclusive fee goes anywhere from 4000 to 5800 5, on the real difficult cases, the longer mm -hmm. the cases that we anticipate to be longer, and, and each patient comes in and we evaluate them. Most of them go in that level two range, and it runs somewhere around $4,500. Do you guys find, I've had a a question to ask to Invisalign guys. Do you guys find that it's it's been somewhat commoditized and there's a lot of tire kickers, people just looking for the for the cheapest Invisalign price? And if you're not that guy, because they know that because in the era of like Smile Club Direct and all this stuff, they know that that quote unquote Invisalign's doing the work. So I'll just find the cheapest person. Are you seeing well, that? Actually I want to speak to that because um, even though the public perception may be that Invisalign is a commodity. It's actually, um, I've, I've started over and taken over, I'm sure Dr. Esham has as well, a lot of cases that were you know, completed by another person and they're not really done. So just like mm -hmm. cosmetic dentistry needs to be designed, I, I don't ever get a clean check back and, or I shouldn't say ever, but it's very rare that the first go around, I accept it. There's always some tweaking. So there is, Invisalign is a lab and without the prescription and without the design factor, you're not gonna get the most exceptional result. So I, I tell patients that all the time, but I but I'm curious to hear, um, Dr. Ashton, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on Dave, that? Dave, um, my yeah, my thoughts are are I, I agree with the public perception that that's the case, but and we use that in our in, to our advantage in terms of developing patients, and so when when I went to to start doing more Invisalign, it was really hard for me to put an Invisalign page because my strategy with Invisalign was going to be low, low, or lower cost alternative to an orthodontist. And we were going to give high service and also a great smile. So that's kind of our, our, was our strategy, but I couldn't really put something low cost discounting on my boutique website. And so at the time, you know, um, 
Apple had come out with these iMovie and iWeb. And, and so I put together an iWeb website just for Invisalign. And it's called San Diego-Invisalign. And so there I was promoting low cost, but high service and great results. And because what of that- What year was this, David? What year this is this? is 2009, 2010. And so at the time, you know, so I had a website geared just for Invisalign. And so, so you that were was, doing a bunch of micros, a micro site, essentially just for, just yeah, it was for a separate, that. A separate site, with yeah. a whole separate domain. That's why I was and, asking the year because I was, I was hot and heavy in, in all that as well. Kind of niching out and doing not, not some like a, not a squeeze page, but essentially to that effect, you know, it was a yeah, one land, page. Well, land, landing page, right? Yeah, and that has right. evolved right. to a landing page now. Yeah. And so that, that was kind of my angle and it worked pretty well. And then, um, you know, so I was getting, you know, two or three, four consults a week from that. And then uh, I wanted to do more. And so I, I went to the local bookstore and went right to my favorite section, which is everything for dummies. And I pulled the AdWords for dummies book out. And I read that and I go, hey, wow, I could do pay-per-click and I can advertise, you know, low cost of Invisalign. And the people that you're saying, Peter, that were looking for it and looking to, for a kind of a commodity would find me. And so we did it that way. And then they went from there to spending $1,000 and then spending $2,000. And now we spend over $5,000 a month on pay-per-click, but we're doing 32 or 33 cases a month. And so, so that's on Just AdWords, Facebook commodity. ads, what's your, what's your, where's your it's breakdown? Pretty much well, I mean, my website, you know, is number one in the area, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, we probably get 60% of our cases from, from pay-per-click. Okay. Okay. 60% so, from advertising. Wow. I'd imagine with that many happy Invisalign patients, you'd be getting a ton of, well, I guess it's just the numbers you're doing. So you're doing 30 cases a month. Yeah. So you're getting how, internal referrals. You're getting probably what? Uh, 15, 15 to 20. Yeah, it's a lot. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, 15. And so uh, I, it's, it's evolved to the point now that I had to build out a whole separate office space for it. I couldn't connect it to the office I have now. It had to be upstairs. And so in October, we opened a new office up there that is pretty much all Invisalign and hygienist. What's your office? Awesome. Give us a, give us a, a virtual or a tour essentially, but not virtual, but just walk us through like how many chairs you What's your operation look like? Uh, before October I had four chairs and one, one day of hygiene. And I was having two day, two chairs of Invisalign and it was just squeezing me in my one operatory. I can never run late. I can never take on an emergency patient. So then October we opened up upstairs, four ops, one hygienist. And so we have the same office downstairs, four ops, one hygienist now. Wow. So, so up into that point though, you were crushing it in a four operatory practice. Yeah. That's Three was. million dollars in a four operatory practice. Correct. Wow. Yeah. And, and it, we were working till seven. We were working on Fridays. We were working on most Saturdays. Uh, so, you know, I, I expanded my capacity in order to handle that. I always so love to kind of look at the, you work six days a week most weeks? No, um, about about the about a year, a year and a half ago, I brought on a half-time uh, associate that just, all they did was Invisalign consults. And then when we opened the office upstairs, it's a full-time dentist upstairs. All they do mostly is Invisalign consults. And then when there's time, they'll put on or take off attachments and that kind of I, thing. I always run this game in my head whenever I see an operatory or I'm building an operatory and I, and I just kind of like envision its life as this room. Right. And I'm like, and then I think about like annual, like what's its cap going to be this year? Like what could you possibly do? And so I've always been stuck around the 550 mark if you do the math and, and reverse it, but your math just turned out to be close to 800,000 for each room in an annual basis. Yeah. In a corporate when sense, you're, 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 yeah. When mm -hmm. you, in, the corporate world looks for 250 per op. That's like their mantra. Right. But it's I just, don't know, I don't know. I, that's just it's neither here nor there. But I just, obviously you push that way outside what I've ever heard. So that's pretty, uh, it's just cool to kind of think about, hey, room that I just built and spilt a lot of money on. What are you going to, like, what <laughs> potentially could you do every year? You know, if you were going to grow up and be a big room. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, uh, uh, I, I wish, I'm probably going to be wishing I need, I had some more rooms, but um, right now mm -hmm. I'm just trying to learn how to manage this. And, you know, yep. you guys manage things much bigger than I do. 
but just learn how to manage it, keep the quality of patient care up and patients happy and good reviews coming in. How many and, employees? Uh, we have 16 employees. Wow. That's so it's so lean for that many, um, that much treatment. That's awesome. But it's not lean so, for that many ops, right? He's just, he's just super let probably, you probably have what two chair sides yourself and Invisalign like scanners. Yeah. Uh, two scanners. I have one down here, one upstairs. Um, and there's, yeah, I have RDA. What but we you said it's delegated pretty function. heavily early in our, our conversation. So right. I was assuming that you've got a lot of, a lot of hands making, making work. Yeah. I use the, in California, you use the EFs, the extended function assistance. They oh, can okay. put on buttons. They can take off buttons. That's awesome. um, doctor does IPR. Uh, so to be honest with you, I don't do the consults now. Wow. And I, I don't, I'll, I'll, all I take are the trouble cases. So when something's not going right, you know, I get to see them and figure out what's going wrong and get it fixed. And then um, if somebody absolutely wants to see me, they, they, can, they can come see me. And so, but I do all the clean checks like you do, Craig, because that's the, that's the most important thing. And Invisalign is not the same at one office versus another, all based on the diagnosis and the clean checks that are set up. Yeah, so, that's true. Uh, so that, and that, the I thing know. is, the, your foundation with the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry and all that work that you did up to this point, and it was my training as well in cosmetic dentistry that allowed me cosmetics and occlusion to be to deliver the Invisalign results. You know, knowing how the teeth should be shaped and positioned for an aesthetic. Yeah, like what's ideal, right? Facially that, guided too. And that went back to you setting dentures. Yep, exactly. And all, it's like I, Frank Spears. So the insides. I didn't position. learn it when when they taught me dentures, Peter. Not that you learned it. But, Not but that I you learned, learned it from it. Frank Spear. And then now, I, if I had a set of dentures, I was good. And Whenever I do my consults, that's one of the things I talk about. I go, look, we don't just make your teeth straight and we don't just make them fit together better. We make you have a nice smile. And that's really the difference about our office is that we think about your smile first, then we think about making your teeth straight, and then we think about making them fit together. So that's Spears' facially generated treatment plan, correct? For me, it is. You might get it at Coise. You might get it at other places, but that's where it came from with me. Okay. That's awesome. So, yeah, so that's been a big thing. And uh, I want to let other doctors know that, you know, to do, you, if you can do a certain amount of Invisalign, you know, it can be a big help to your practice. It can make things a lot easier. It can, you can even bring it to the point where you can be dropping those lower paying, you know, insurance plans and, and really start enjoying doing dentistry a lot more because you're seeing these people come in with gnarly smiles. Uh, wanting help. They're, uh, for me, they're in their 25, 26, 27. You know, they kind of lost their, their stuff in terms of how they look and so forth. And then you can change their smile without having to grind on their teeth or as what my friends from the Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry would say, cool. smoke some enamel. Let's go smoke some enamel, you know. And, and you can just do it minimally invasively. And it's, it's a real feel-good thing. Hey, Pete, can you see what I just put up? All I see is a hairline. Oh, I do. see a before and after. Very nice, Craig. Okay, so so what I'm showing is, you know, we talk about um, arranging the smile in such a way, but we can actually change the face. I hope, Pete, you can't see that, huh? Mm-mm. Yeah, I was trying to put some content up here. Dave can see it, but... Yeah, I can see it before it. and after. Yeah, so oh, it's well. just a, a way to... Um, was that a know. humble? Was that a humble brag? It was a humble brag, but it was, it was just to show because people think, I, I think that they, they misunderstand what Invisalign and, and orthodontics in general can really do. But when you have a constricted arch form or someone, you know, puts a permanent retainer on the lower six sexy teeth uh, or the upper six sexy teeth and lets them collapse over the next 10 years, you get a different facial, um, you know, profile than a, than a properly expanded arch form that looks better. It's, you know, it's like the first thing you learn in, in cosmetic dentistry is that you never do the front six, you, you do the whole, you do eight or 10. Yeah, and I think correct. there's a lot of poorly trained orthodontists out there that are just worried about how the front four incisors or six, inc- you know, six anterior teeth look. And uh, we see that because there's a lot of people placing fixed retainers and not worrying about the posterior expansion they occurred. And I've had, I mean, I would never go to say this to a patient up front, but I've had, tens if not 50 people 
tell me they stopped snoring. I mean, I would never make that promise to somebody. I would never look right. in the eye and say, oh, I'll do the Invisalign, you're, you'll stop snoring. But anecdotally, I've had people like, oh, by the way, my snoring got better. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, airway. right? Yeah. The airway. You know. So it's not it just, and it's not cosmetics. It's not just, you know, it's, it's function. And I think a lot of providers really trip over their own words and their own approach because, you know, people think to look for orthodontics after they don't see occlusion as a disease process. We see decay, we see periodontal disease as a disease process, but a malocclusion will wear those teeth out faster. So we're not approaching it that way. I think many of us. Yeah. And, and that's part of my presentation too. That, and I think everybody needs to understand is that when you're treating somebody for Invisalign, most of the time, you know, they come in to, cause they don't like the way their smile is or their front teeth are overlapped or whatever. But, you know, we tell them, hey, you know, you're going to get your teeth to look better. But guess what? You're going to be healthier, too. Yeah. You know, the teeth are going to be uh, biting against each other more properly. Uh, properly and so they're going to wear less. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to be able to clean them better. You're going to avoid uh, periodontal disease down, down the road because you can clean your teeth better. So it doesn't matter if you're coming in for cosmetics, you're going to get health. And if you come in for health, you're going to get cosmetics. And so they, yeah. they get a double... Uh, benefit for what they're doing. Yeah, I love that, David. I, I wound up saying the same thing. We, we have this term in medicine and dentistry about cosmetics versus health. Looking, looking health, healthy is, is, is better cosmetics. Like you don't go to like get, you know, when people are healthy, when they exercise and they're fit, they look better. When your teeth are healthy, they look better. So it's really that conversation. Absolutely. It's form not, they're not at form, ends with form each Form follows function. Exactly. Right. And, and yeah. you know, um, Craig, I, for a long time, was grinding on teeth. That same case you showed, hey, let's do it in veneers. But I, I cost, I don't cost myself, or I lose veneer cases all the time because they come in for them. And I talk to them about your teeth are gorgeous individually. You know, they're like these beautiful pieces of furniture. And, and all we have to do is move them around hmm. and put them in the right order. And all of a sudden, you're going to have like a home and garden smile here. So, and they don't, um, they don't see it, by the way. Like, especially when you have a diastema case, they think their teeth are skinny. They're not. It's just this, there's too much space. So to close right. those spaces, it looks like you've done something magical to them. Yeah. I love and that again, analogy without, you just gave. I want to pause on that because I think that's a, a, something that, you know, we talk about communication and such being so vital in dentistry, David, and, and something mm -hmm. that's kind of missing in terms of enrollment and getting people being able to deliver proper treatment. But even saying to someone, hey, I love your teeth and having them come in for a consult and be like, what? They're just right. it's beautiful furniture just in the wrong place in the room. Like right there, I'd be like, you complimented me and gave me a solution, right? Yeah. I'm in, I'm in. So it's one of my favorites. That's a great, that's a great. I'm, I'm gonna have uh yeah i'm writing that down that's great that's a great metaphor a great analogy and it makes people feel good um, yeah, yeah and, it's, it's, and it's a good feeling too to help people they came in all gay hey i was going to spend ten fifteen thousand dollars and you're talking it's only going to be five you know right. I mean, yeah. that that is and, and I, I get to keep and i get to keep my teeth yeah remember that <laughs> that 15 grand is just for the first set even the best guys in the world are, the, the veneers are going to fail so what does the set number two and set number three look like yeah. for that 25 year old girl? So I mean, really what, it, what really what ends up is we're doing the right thing because we have the right tools, you know, instead yeah. of having a, just a hammer, you know, we have, I don't know, screwdriver, <laughs> whatever, screwdriver, yeah, a blowtorch. <laughs> yeah. David, so, uh, I, uh, I want to know from you as someone who's, I, obviously we know your whole background and I'm going to hold up a piece of paper that's blank. On the other side is my answer to the question I'm about to ask you. Okay, good one. So <laughs> what is the highest, what's the piece of equipment that you couldn't live without and has the highest ROI? My camera. Digit, well, you guys can't read my writing, digital camera. That's something I want to stress and I want to take away to, to those of, of us who are listening who may not do that with full, with full conviction. Pictures sell dentistry. And I, I can't tell you how many offices that I've seen that don't have either pro proper documentation or big enough screens to talk about the teeth or, they, or, their, or their pictures are horrible, but pictures sell and enroll dentistry. And I use the term sell and probably gonna get some arrows and hate mail for this. It's not selling, it's educating, but whatever. We're all on, everything is sales. 
And so you're trying to sell someone to getting the ideal treatment, just like you were, David. Your treatment is, is good. You're trying to go conservatively, but you can't, if you can't talk them through that and show them right. and illustrate the furniture and the room and the big pictures, they don't have pictures. It's, it's, it's impossible. So yeah. anyway, I, I know I'm stating the obvious to, to you guys who are veterans and you totally see the value in, in your digital cameras, but I visit lots of offices and see lots of instances where I'm like, wait a second, what pictures are going on? No, we don't, we don't, we don't need pictures. We can enroll just fine without that. Yeah. Interesting. What a, lot of, a lot of the guys at AACD did and, and a lot of the people that I talked to about Visline go, yeah, I take pictures. Yeah. After they say yes. But yeah. you know, it's like you're missing out. There's a lot of people that would have said yes. If you would have showed them the pictures before you presented yeah. the thoughts and the solution. It's amazing. People don't have a good grasp of what their smile looks like. They really don't understand. No. I mean, every time we show the pictures before to a pa- the before pictures to a patient, it's like, wait, whose teeth are those? those yeah, are yeah. Don't you love that? <laughs> or, yeah. or one thing I always do is every Invisalign visit that I have, you know, after let's say two or three months where there's recurring visits for those patients. And most importantly, the very last visit that I have with a patient, I always put their before picture up on the screen because oftentimes they're coming in with a, mm-hmm. with a small complaint you know, like everything's too. great. Don't get me wrong, but like this area, and then they walk in the room, like, wait, who are the who is that? I'm like, oh, that was you eight months ago. Like, no, 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 it can't be. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. That's Joanne. Oh wait, you're Joanne. So, but it's amazing <laughs> exactly. how they they forget. They really do, and and it's like you're talking to a 40 year old, and you're telling them something new about themselves. You know, right. I mean, that's pretty amazing. We can tell something new about somebody when they're 40 years old. Show them something yeah. new. So, it's true. but anyways, that it, it's that it's a great thing, and um, want the dentists out there to think about incorporating it. But you know, it, it's you guys talk about this all the time, and that you have to take a leap. You know, you can't just like drip your toe into it, because if you try to do that with Invisalign, you know, you're going to be sitting there delivering trays to a patient for a half hour and. And you're going to go, this isn't worth it. Right. So you got to really kind of jump into it where you're doing at least one case a week so that you can train somebody that's going to deliver the trays, that's going to explain what to do with the trays and all that kind of thing. And the only time the, the dentist would come in would be to place the attachments, take them off or troubleshoot problem or celebrate the smile at the end of treatment. Right. So that's where I think dentists get thrown off is what Pete said, camera. And the other is, hey, well, I tried it, but it didn't work. And it didn't work, yeah. You didn't delegate. And you guys talk about this all the time. And we're the leaders. We need to delegate to our team. And the team can really take the ball. And that's what happened to me in my practice is that I had this one assistant that just loved Invisalign. And it was right after my uh, I laid off my associate. And she took the ball for Invisalign and then started doing the things for me arranging the pictures, entering the treatment on the Invisalign site, uh, doing the appointments, making sure the trays were pulled and the uh, buttons were loaded. And she started doing that for me and it made it easy for me. And that's what I think dentists out there need to understand is that take a big leap. Don't just try it. Yeah. You can't dabble, right? It's like a jack of, you know, everyone, we get into the jack of all trades, kind of master of none. Like don't, you know, pick, pick a lane and kick ass in it, you know? Um, David, what are some of your biggest mistakes in your career? Uh, I've made a lot of them. You okay. know, so what's, I, all right, what's, what's I, a biggest? Uh, well, some of them, yeah. when, when I first got out of school, I worked as a couple of associates uh, in associate offices, and um, I wanted to get out of those associateships. And so I jumped in and bought into a partnership. And I didn't really understand the situation with the partnership. There was three other partners and they were doing capitation dentistry. Oh, shit. And I didn't understand the uh, treadmill you'd have to get on to do that. And after about eight or nine months, I I needed to get out. And uh, I did. And I was kind of angry and I probably pissed them off a bit when I left. Uh, and so we ended up in a lawsuit and uh, the probably two biggest mistakes was leaving angry and, and then getting into that practice without really knowing what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I really appreciate private practice dentistry and I really appreciate, you know, the value that we can provide to patients and 
how we can make them happy as long as we have the time to treat them properly, to listen mm-hmm. to them, to communicate, and then do the work right. And so that was my biggest lesson, Pete. Uh, I've, I haven't shared that t- with anybody for a long time. What? Well, I mean, that you know, the silver lining there. I always try and look for that silver lining. Is obviously yeah. it pushed you to a place that you wanted to be so far away from it that it drove you to your passion, which is the boutique in my lane, master of cosmetics, master of Invisalign. It drove you that you know, it drove you there. So I mean, I think that's you know, everything happens for a reason, right? And so it that did. was that was more than likely it's it's reason for you. And look at the, the lives you're impacting. Finally, the Bulletproof Practice Book is out on Amazon. Craig and I have distilled down our experiences in dentistry over the past 20 years in our true-to-form, unfiltered fashion that y'all have come to expect from our podcast. We talk about our victories and our bruises, and it's 132 pages of vision, leadership, marketing, and even just life as a dentist, and it's meant to entertain you. So we hope you'll support us and grab a copy on Amazon today. Thanks, friends. What's your best, uh, what would be your best mark? You're obviously a very, a very fluent marketer. I'll just say I can tell. Um, and you've seen all the trends and you know, you've had, a, you've had a long career. You've seen all the trends and we talk about kind of on the podcast. Like I used to tell people how like you could almost hack your way to number one, just by, you know, buying a bunch of links and doing shady shit. Um, not shady, but you know what I'm saying? Um, so what would be current day 2018? What do you think some of the, what would be your best marketing hack that you could tell people that really works? Um, it doesn't have to be amazing. If it's, if it's a simple answer, I'm not trying to cut you off there, but I don't, I I know I just built that up as being like this. Dun, dun, dun. No, you know, I, I really think, you know, if you're, if you want to be kind of in private practice and higher end, you know, I, I don't mean that in a bad way or whatever, but you, you have to have a good website, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and it, and it doesn't have, it is, I, I used to have that image kind of website and mm-hmm. glamorous kind, and I, I got away from that. It really has to serve what the patient's looking for. So you yep. go to the website, you, they look what services they want, they click it. And then the other thing that has been really important to me, uh, both with my Invisalign website and my um main off of my cosmetic dentistry uh, main office website is having a contact form that has request a free estimate because that request a free estimate gets them one step further down that funnel to where they tell you what their problem is. The buying and question. You, and you can, <laughs> and you can respond to them and you have a reason to get back to them and they have a reason to get back to you to hear the answer. And so both my, web, my Invisalign website and my other regular website has a contact form on every page. And then there's a request, a free estimate awesome. about their That's problem. That's great. That's a great tip because, yeah, it immediately puts people into, yeah, I'm kicking tires and just in my due diligence finding out information versus I'm kind of ready to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. asking for an estimate is a buying question. Uh, I know I'm, again, I'm stating the obvious for you guys, but um, – Man, okay, so David, I, I don't have it. I'm, I keep calling you Dave. David, I know it's Dave. No, whatever. Either one? All right, that's good. People yeah. always say that to me. Hey, Peter, Peter. I'm like, I don't really care. Um, regardless, I, what I want to go is, is, is there anywhere people can connect with you? Um, you know, obviously, you, I want you to tell your website for your practice so, so people are curious. They can check you out. But an email, I want people to be able to, if they have further follow-up questions, just to continue the dialogue. Yeah, no, my, my email is doctor, it's not Dre, but it's doctor.e. <laughs> Can you make that as an alias, please? Just so, just <laughs> I guess I will now. That's got a Yeah, It's doctor.e at eshamdds.com. Okay. And if they want to hear more about, you know, Invisalign, I'm happy to talk to them. Um, again, I think it's I think it's the best service we do for people. I mean, uh, I'm prejudiced, but it really is the best service for most people uh, once they're healthy. It's the next level of health, and David, uh, they want to know more about that. Do you think this is the best time to be practicing dentistry or not? I really enjoy what I do, so I'm very very happy. But it's competitive, and I I feel for the recent grads, and I and I've taken. Uh, some time to reach out to recent grads and help them. And then I'm, I have one that now that just graduated that um, she's working with me now and, 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 and she's doing great. And 
I'm trying to teach you to do what you be the good mentor type. And I mean that with all sincerity and, and yeah. a compliment. You can just tell you have a, you have, you obviously have a wealth of knowledge and you'd be a good trainer. So um, anyway, I don't know. That's just what I was thinking. I came to the tip of my tongue. I wanted to say it. Craig, anything couple, else? I, yeah. I have a couple of questions real quick. Just, yeah, man. you know, I, a lot of what you said is, you know, it's, it's, there's some similarities between what you do and I do. So it's no wonder that we're getting similar results. Although congratulations to you. Uh, you're at a, you're at a higher level than I am, which is awesome. Um, but we, I am delegating and, and, uh, the, the people that are doing a lot of the tasks are really enjoying it. They report higher levels of satisfaction with their job. They really like it. You know, not every assistant just wants to be, be a, you know, just sucks bit and be a sec, play a secondary role. They like to be active. Um, right. couple things though, in that, you know, your, it, it seemed as though your middle of the road fee was about $4,500. Are you bundling the retainers in with that? Or do you find that in order to stay competitive, you're just quoting the fee just for the Invisalign? I, uh, to be honest with you, I, I quote the fee just for the Invisalign. Because yeah, that's what everybody else around me is doing. You know, I've had this bidding war with a few of my competitors here. I don't know if you want to hear about it or if we have time for it. But, you know, it, it, my original uh, concept of being low cost Invisalign was $1,000 off normal Invisalign fees. So and what then, was that? What, what fee was that? Pardon me? Well, see, that's just it. You don't have a fee. It's whatever level they were, you know, because based on their level of difficulty, we take what a thousand dollars off and then when people asked us about the thousand and you know maybe some people might think this is not direct but i say it's about a thousand dollars off what an orthodontist would charge you down the street and we know what the orthodontist fees but it was actually more than that it was it was yeah. a lot more off than that and so then a competitor went to 1200 and so i matched them at 1200 on my pay-per-click you know campaigns and then they went to 15 and so i matched them and i'm going god what are you doing here you know and so now in my area, it's $2,500 off just because wow. that's where everybody went. But if What's you go to the honest office, it's like 7,500 bucks at our office. Yeah. It's less than five. So it's not really a lie, but it's, there is, I'm not bound like these other people are to UCR and you're in network and this is your fee and you got to be this much off it. And so it's just a little bit of a game, but we say, Hey, our lowest cost fee is 2990 but we need to see you to see the level of difficulty. Right. And from there, uh, it can go up. And with your level that you're at, you're at Diamond Plus, correct? Correct. So you're paying less than everybody. So no one's gonna really beat you. You, you pay less than everybody, don't you? Uh, I'm the number one in San Diego. I don't know, I'm sure there's other people that get close to me with that. Yeah. But, but that's another thing too that you know, needs to be pointed out is that sure, when you do more cases, you know, my, I'm, I get about seven, $800 off what a normal fee is on Invisalign. But those Invisalign patients that are coming to us, they also have about $1,400 worth of general dentistry treatment to do. Yeah. And then they also become kind of, a lot of them can become a lifetime member of our practice. And so yeah. there's double orthodontist has to Orthodontist has to monetize the entire relationship in the one year that they're treating them. We, yeah. We can have a patient that, comes in says I need Invisalign but they have four broken teeth so before you even do the Invisalign you have to fix those teeth and yep. um, you know and they, they trust you and like you and then they become a long-term patient of practice so it's it's more adept from a business standpoint for a GP to be doing Invisalign than the orthodontist from Absolutely. a business standpoint Absolutely. You, do have to get your, you do have to get your training and you have to you know learn what you're doing um, you know I always say that you start off in dentistry with an empty bag of experience and a full bag of luck <laughs> and the goal is to fill the bag of experience before the bag of luck runs out. It's the same thing a pilot, actually, Pete, you'd appreciate this, Pete, that's a pilot, and I'm a pilot as well. But nice. that, was, um, that was something that was told to me by a pilot. Like, you'll start off with an empty bag of experience and a full bag of luck. It's true. But, you know, whereas when you prep teeth, you're committed, you're pot committed to that whole case. When you're doing Invisalign and you move the teeth, you can move them back. Um, not yeah. to say that it's without risk, but it's something that I wish more providers were doing. And um, it's a wonderful service for the patient, even if your goal is not to do what David and I are doing as a tool for pre-prosthetic stuff. If you have teeth that are, there's improper space, you can do a quick case and get the teeth in the right order for pre-prosthetics. One of the questions I have, what about financing? Are you doing much financing? You know, I, I kind of take a, a opposite approach to financing, you know, in my office. 
in that, you know, we, when I get to the fee and it's 4,500, so let's say it's $4,500, I say, hi, uh, Norma, you know, the fee for your treatment is $4,500 today. And um, I know you, uh, let's see, how's it go? So I know that um, you wanted us to tell you the lowest fee that we have. Because if I were somebody going somewhere, I'd want to know what the lowest fee is. Our lowest fee is $4,500, but that's for payment in advance. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to do financing, we certainly offer that. We have some in-office short-term for three months, or we have some outside financing. But with those, there's administrative fees. Right. And so the patient gets to choose. And then that way, I get to finish the case when I want to finish the case, not because I haven't got paid yet like a lot of orthodontists do. You know, all their cases are a year or two years because that's how long it took for the patient to pay. And so this way, I get my money up front if that's what they want to take advantage of or they can pay over time, but I'm quoting them the lowest fee. Yeah, so I take an opposite approach. I tell them a monthly fee. We don't present mm-hmm. it as forty-five or forty-eight hundred dollars. We say it's two hundred dollars a month for twenty-four months interest-free financing. I'm using Care Credit, but Care Credit's taking like what do they take? Probably like five percent on an orthodontic case, I think. Six percent? Uh, I'm not quite I sure. Thought it, I thought it was their standard ten percent, but yeah, me too. I, I don't know. I'm not no, sure. Orthodontics Care Credit's less. Okay. Um, I'll have to check but, that out. But I'll still, have to check that out. you know. But yeah, it's really people, hard for me to be low fee and then have to take another ten percent off, and so we approach it that way. Um, my Invisalign rep, of course, have talked to me about, you know, financing, but it, it's kind of like hard because you have to, you have to commit yourself one way and go through it that way because you, you can't switch the fee just because it's going to cost you more to finance. Right. Them. But either one works, but that one, that one's my, my go-to with it. I want to ask you guys a question. Okay. So Pete, how do you manage for offices? And Craig, how do you manage, what is it, 50, 60 employees you have? I mean, yeah, 40 what, what, is, yeah, what is your time? I, I think, Pete, what do you, you, you're clinically 10 hours. And yep. Craig, what is your, your clinical time and your admin time? Um, I've just recently gone from three to two days a week clinical. But my two days a week, I consolidated the three days. I just do Invisalign, so it's three columns deep, just moving, moving all day long. I see. Yeah, he doesn't come up for air. So it's really like, it's the equivalent of a four-day week. You just kind of triple and quadruple booked in those, in those columns. Um, but back to, your, back to your question, how, how, do we do, how do we do it in our respective way? Um, Pete has it easier. <laughs> let's, why? Why do I'm I have it easier? I was making, I'm just joking with you. Um, I'm just joking. You know, honestly, I'm going to lean, I'm going to say, Dave, that I um, have a good team and I, and I know my, I am very vocal about my highest and best use for my practice. And then I, I'm very able to say, God, I suck at this part of the practice or I don't enjoy it. Kind of like what you were saying. So let me, let me employ and find the person that loves it and, and compliments that. So I have a, you know, I have amazing docs. I have an amazing team, you know, just, I have an amazing executive assistant. Like I just have a lot of people that kind of um, that help support that. And I'm, and it allows me to kind of be the the dreamer and the crazy idea guy. And yes, and the marketing this and that, but it's um, like you, I'm having, I'm having a whole lot of fun, um, which, which other, which to someone else that may seem like four practices seems like a horrible time. Like I, I hate, I could never imagine that. That sounds like, you know, that sounds terrible. Yeah. But well, I really well, love it. I love growing the team and growing the vision and really leading people I really like to do. So I, I didn't answer your question how other than just it's the, it's the team. And the minute I got out of the way of myself and said, you know what? I, I am not always the best person for the job, which I had this arrogance when I was in my 20s and, and probably 30s that saying that, you know, like if there's someone who can do it, I can do it, right? If you want it done, give it to a busy person. And that was me, 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 me. I'll do more. Yeah. And, and finally, I just kind of came to the revelation that like, golly, I'm really not as good as, as, you know, anyway. So that was a long-winded way of just saying, you know, uh, surrounding yourself by an awesome team and spending the time investing in them, whether it's time training or, or otherwise. And uh, yeah. as much as you can, you know, running a, a busy, busy life. Um, yeah, and I, I appreciate you guys turning me on to uh, Chuck uh, is a Blakeman's book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I've listened to it and then now I'm reading it. And so 
appreciate that. And I yeah, think he's he a master. Has, he's awesome. He's, awesome. He's, uh, got Greg, some great what would be your stuff. answer? Well, you know, first of all, I think running for offices is not for everyone. Um, you've got to, you know, I, I think in dentistry, we're all Says the guy who has one. <laughs> well, no, I just, I think that we're guilty. In Craig, I'm just kidding you. It's part of the show where we bust on each other. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. I'm just, right. I'm just, uh, I'm not willing to retaliate. I'll get you back later. All right. Um, sure. Touche. Yeah. I, uh, I think that in dentistry we're, we're guilty of this one size fits all philosophy of mm -hmm. like, what should I do? Like, Oh, I met this guy and he had six offices and he seems like it's, that's the way to go. Or I, I have this boutique thing. And it's really like, you, like you pointed out, Dave, you had this, you had, you, you understood what you wanted because you got a clear understanding of what you didn't want. So you had this failed partnership and a really yeah. busy capitation office. And you're like, Oh damn, I definitely don't want that. And I think a lot of doctors are with knee jerk reactions are saying, let me open up my second and third office. And they don't really have the entrepreneurial drive and the vision that a guy like Pete has. They're just doing it because it's like, well, I have one over here and I heard there's a developing you know community. Is, I call this Craig too. Sorry Hold to interject, up. but it's like a cut and paste goals and dream, right? Yeah. Like, like you really don't have one per se, but like the guy that just said that, that sounds pretty cool. And you know, yeah, he just cool. sold and that's what I should do. So you yeah. cut and paste someone else's dream and vision into your life and it may not be, it may not coincide. Well, we, we do it all over our lives. You know, you have mm -hmm. a, you have a buddy who has a really cool wife that makes dinner every night. You're like, Oh, my wife sucks. You know, here's my wife makes dinner. Like <laughs> my husband, you know, my husband doesn't do that. And like yeah. we cut and paste, we, we cut and paste everything in our lives. And there's not a whole lot of intentionality into our vision. And totally Pete and I true. just got through writing a three year vision. Um, I did one and Pete did one, like we're going to wind up December 31st, 2021. Nice. And it's, it's intentional. And I, I'd, I'd challenge everybody to do that because you have to have something compelling you. Elon Musk had a very compelling vision. It wasn't like, oh, you know, Chevy built a Volt. I guess I should build a freaking Tesla. Like these right. guys. And then when you're driven towards that vision, it's not work. So like what you're doing, most dentists would look at what you're doing, Dave, and say, holy shit, I could never do that. And I mean, I, I, cannot, I, I know business well enough to say you're probably making more money than Pete or I, because like with that type of, about that. well, I mean, look, you can, depending on that, that over, I, I, well, let me say not more than, well, I don't know what you're doing and what anyone's doing, but when you have a single office that's redlining in production, like rev and, and all of its maximum usage and you're delegating a lot and you're happy, that's the perfect fit for you. I, love I, had, yeah. I had a buddy of mine call me like, Hey man, I want to do what you're doing. I'm like, okay, why? well, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, really? That's the reason why? I'm like, what's the real why? And he didn't have one. I'm like, bro, just stay where you are. You're kicking ass. You get home by two o'clock every day. You make all this money. Like what? You got to have something that compels you beyond just making money. People need to make meaning and not just money. So when you say what, what did it for Pete? Pete is constantly looking for ideas. The guy's texting me at 11 o'clock on a Saturday about some crazy, he's just driven by it. If you gave Pete a fat check and gave him $20, 30000000 million, he, yeah, he'd sip champagne for a month. But in five, the fifth week of him being off, he'd be toiling about something new. And I'm the same way too. So it's like my vision had me do that. And it's not like we learned how to do it because that was the – we weren't in the tyranny of how, how to do it. We had to do it because the why was so big, it required us to have so much infrastructure. So my why nice. supported 40 people. My Pete's why supported four offices. And Pete, I know him, I know him really well. The guy's not stopping. But his, <laughs> his why is different. It's not, it's not being done. He, does, he has a hunger. So, nice. um, it, well, I, I love listening to you guys and, and seeing your thoughts because you're right. It isn't just because of bigger is better. It's because that's what you guys enjoy. And I, I, I enjoy watching and listening to you guys talk about that more than everything else. I think too, Dave, yeah, Craig, that was kind of pretty beautiful what you said there. So I'm not going to dilute it with what I was saying, but you know, something that's dawned on me a lot and uh, is, you know, we get one ticket in this life and while I want to be able to look back and be proud and, and, and feel fulfilled in what I did on all aspects. And that's why Craig and I are, you know, it's, we, we kind of share a business coach and are super intentional with all aspects of our life, not because we have it perfect, but because we want to bring awareness and because like without awareness, how do you know? And so, you know, to me, I just want to look back when I'm 60, 70, 80, God bless that I make it that far or God willing. 
um, and say like, you know what? Like I gave it hundred percent. I kicked ass. I tried to do the right thing all the time and I fulfilled my bucket of my why and my create. I fulfilled all those things. And I don't want to say like, dang it. I like having regrets would be the worst thing. Um, so right, that's with, another, with, sorry, Pete, but I just yeah. want to caution what you're saying because you know, Gary V and all these people that will say like hustle, you know, work, you know, all, you know, you got to work while your competitors are sleeping. I think that we have a sickness. And I always talk about this. We have a sickness in, the, in American culture of more, 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 bigger, bigger, better. And I want That's what, not what I was saying, but no, I, mean, I know, I know you're okay. not, but I just don't want people to hear that. He's not okay. saying that. Like, uh, I, I know Pete well enough, but I don't want that to land on people like, Oh, you know, I got to have four offices. I got to do what David Ashton's doing or, you know, what Craig's doing. It's really about like, you know, one of my doctors that left recently, Evan, he went to um, Austin and he told me, he's like, you know, man, I've had a great ride with you here and blah, blah, blah. And he was wearing sunglasses and I could tell he was getting a little choked up. He's like, look, I want to move to Austin and, you know, I, I want to figure out more time to read and more time to blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's really cool because, kicking ass in life is personal kicking ass in life. Maybe being able to get home every day at two o'clock and be with your kids. For sure. And, and, and another person may be home with their kids at two o'clock and the kid may, your son may be learned from you that work is not important. He may grow up on the couch smoking weed. So it's like, it, you never know what you're going to do. You just, but that still goes back to, you can still interpret that. Like I said, Greg, the no regrets. Like if that's what you yeah. want and you feel fulfilled by it, then awesome. Like live that. And, and, position in your life so you get more of that is it and so yeah well, I totally life agree by design don't i'm let, glad you clarified that because yeah i wouldn't want everyone to think that's what i was saying uh, well that's awesome you guys are expanding dentist mind so keep it up and it's a cool it's a cool place to be and it's just you know dentistry is awesome it's been good to us and dentist dentists are just a bunch of awesome people honestly like you know they're just good people. I don't, I mean, I can't, no. I can't say that about every group of professions, but usually every dentist I meet, they're just good, solid humans. Are. Yeah. Well, look, we cultivate long-term relationships and we value certain things that are, you know, most businesses are transactional. You do it, you do a deal with them once and in dentistry, as long as you're doing the right thing, you get to know people a long time. It's really cool. We develop long-term relationships. It's beautiful. Well, David, I enjoyed well, it. I hope, I hope our paths cross in person. Um, Same you time. Make it out to our summit if hey. you uh, if you. Yeah, go. no, I wanted to go to that, but I have a son's twenty first birthday uh, that uh, that week, and can't miss that. But the no. next one I'll be at. And hey, uh, David, I'm going to be in um, San Diego this coming. I'm sorry, a week from this Thursday, all the way through Sunday. I'm staying in Solano Beach. So oh wow, uh, let's email mm-hmm. each other. I want to stop by and say hi. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I'm going on vacation until the 28th, but if you still want to come by, I'll just let you talk with my ladies here and uh, you can. Any, any chance you can move your flights around, though? <laughs> <laughs> like Craig's products lying in town. Can't you move? Oh, come on, Pete. Back for the day. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. You, bro. Well, oh, enjoy your vacation. No, sorry, I'm going to miss you. Well, hopefully we <coughs> no, connect in person well. one day. You're, 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 a good, you're one Please. of the good guys, I can tell. And so I uh, appreciate you spending time with us tonight, pal. I'm happy to. Can't wait to meet you guys in person. All right, guys. Good Good night. Thanks for listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast source. Check out BulletproofDentalPractice.com for video interviews and text BULLETPROOF to 345-345 to stay connected to us for special announcements. Have a great day. 